victorious Conor McGregor. Black Trunks for the champion, Jose Aldo Jr. Conor Max smiling. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Lucky Punch MMA Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Farah, and this week is fight week. We have UFC 234, uh, and we have some other stuff to talk about. So, without further ado, we're going to just jump right into it. Um, the cool piece of news this week for me was the, the, the UFC 235 conference. We obviously were really excited about that when we heard that John Jones is going to get that one-fight contract from the Nevada State Athletic Commission to fight uh, and defend his belt on March March 2nd. So uh, that that card is stacked. It, it's got Kamara Usman versus Tyron Woodley for the welterweight strap. It's got John Jones versus Anthony Lionheart-Smith for the light heavyweight strap. And we got a welterweight belt between Ben Askren making his UFC debut against Robbie Lawler, who uh, in recent fights has not been the the kind of uh, killer Robbie Lawler that we've seen in the Rory McDonald fight, so it's going to be a really interesting matchup there. So Ben Askren was great. Ben Askren was great at the UFC two thirty five presser. He was making jokes. He was making fun of Kamara Usman, calling him Marty from Nebraska. That was uh, pretty funny. And there was a video of Kamara Usman uh, kind of coming up to him in backstage and and trying to intimidate him, and Ben Askren just kind of made a mockery of him, so it was just really enjoyable to see that, as well as Ben Askren and, and Dana White finally burying the hatchet, which was pretty cool. So if you are uh, if you want to see more about that stuff, check out our Instagram, at LuckyPunch underscore MMA. We put out posts almost daily about what's going on with Twitter, what's going on with the UFC, different news, so make sure to follow us on Twitter uh, and, and Instagram, so at LuckyPunch underscore MMA. Um, UFC Fortaleza. So that that was a great card that that surprised many. Uh, Jose Aldo, who was going up up against Hanano Moicano, who I kind of gave him the advantage. I know other analysts and uh, journalists gave gave him an advantage as well because of uh, he, he posed Max Holloway esque like problems for Aldo with his reach advantage and his skill set. And Aldo won in the second round with, with a TKO. Uh, Marlon Marais obviously winning the main event with a standing guillotine in the first round, which which was very impressive. Damian Maya with his first win in his he's breaking that three fight losing streak against Lyman Good, who in the first episode of the podcast I did hype up two weeks ago. He won by a first round rear naked choke, and uh, Johnny Walker obviously winning as well with a first round knockout in 15 seconds. The Johnny Walker knockout was crazy. It was, uh, I think he landed a spinning elbow or a spinning back fist. It was pretty fantastic. So uh, if you don't have Fight Pass, if you don't have ESPN+, Plus, you should go subscribe. It's $5 a month, I think, uh, and you get access to all the fight nights, all, uh, all the fights uh, other, than pay- other than pay-per-view, of course. So, And uh, speaking of the, of the uh, lightweight division, And uh, more news with the lightweight division. So we know from last week that Khabib and Connor are going to be out for uh, a period, a certain period of time. Connor out for six months. Khabib out for he's taking the full nine months. He's not. He decided not to accept the Nevada State Athletic Commission's offer to lessen the sentence by three months if he does an anti-bullying campaign. Uh, he actually uh, kind of 
poked fun at the at the state of Nevada, saying you're gonna you're gonna tell me that I need to be doing an anti-bullying campaign when you're the state that legalizes and and supports uh, alcohol, prostitution, and gambling. And you know, he's got it's it's kind of a good point on his part, you know, that that's those are three kind of vices that we associate with Las Vegas, and he's a very devout Muslim, so it makes sense as to why he thinks that way. But um, uh, it, Dana White and and Khabib both said that there should be an interim title shot for um, two fighters, given that he's going to be out for almost a, about a year because he said that he would Khabib said that he would not fight until his other teammates suspensions are expired so he's probably not going to fight until november so dana white and khabib and ali abdelaziz who i hate mentioning but you know he's an important guy um they all said that there should be an interim title shot and a lot of people are saying that that is the connor cowboy matchup in this summer that their people are we're aiming for for uh we're aiming for 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 july so that's going to be really interesting. I don't think they should give Connor the, the title shot right away, given that he just had a title shot and lost. I don't think that makes much sense. I think it should be it should be on the same card where Tony Ferguson and Tony Ferguson and Dustin Poirier fight for the title shot uh, for the interim title belt, excuse me, and and um, the winner of Cowboy Connor, who could be on the same card essentially, the winner of that fight. Could fight the winner of the interim belt in in the in the in the in the fall if Khabib doesn't come back that early. So, and then you eventually have a title unification belt. So it, I think there's a lot of a uh, lot of possibilities, a lot of cool ways to a lot of cool matchups. So I'm kind of excited with the uh, the lightweight division. But the only thing is that we're gonna have to wait like three or six months to see any of that, unfortunately. So um, some some news on Twitter. Um, Daniel Cormier uh, and Stipe Miocic had, had kind of a back and forth. I'm going to pull it up on Instagram again. Follow us at, uh, uh, in, again, follow us at LuckyPunch underscore MMA to get the full scoop. But um, Cormier tweeted out because people were badgering him about Stipe Miocic. There's, there's been recent rumors that the fight between Daniel Cormier and Brock Lesnar will go through and that they're going to fight sometime in the summer. So, if not the late, if not the late spring, so Daniel Cormier tweeted out, "Do you guys want to know why I'm not fighting Stipe Miocic again?" And he says, "The reason one, he's being entitled. Why haven't? Why have I fought since and he hasn't? He is he lost the fight and his and he is he still the champ? Reason two, I'm hurt, which to me, I didn't even know that he was hurt. I didn't hear anything about that. So that's kind of a cop out in my opinion. And then reason three, he says, "How do I do do it better? I beat him in the first round last time." I mean, some good points there, but Miocic fires back, fires back with my entitled ass offered to fight you at UFC 230 at November 3rd at, at MSG. You fought Derek Lewis while I was fighting fires. I'm a huge, huge Stipe Miocic fan. I like Daniel Cormier, but the way he's handled this whole Stipe Miocic picking his matchups uh, deal is he lost a lot of respect for me because, in my opinion, you have a guy in Stipe Miocic who's beaten... Some of the best heavyweights. He's he was the most dominant heavyweight, uh, you know, in recent times. He was he uh, maybe maybe ever. He was an absolutely dominant champion, and he only had I think he has the record for most heavyweight division title defenses at three or four. So, you know, I think it was very unfair for 
DC to not give him an immediate rematch. Um, and, you know, DC very clearly picked Derek Lewis over him because Derek Lewis was an easy fight. And it, it shows, and it's really, it makes DC look bad because not only is he running from Stipe, he's going to run from John Jones as well. He's, you know, he's trying to stay relevant in that regard. And to me, it just, you know, it... I, I'm, I'm losing respect for him because he's not showing the respect to Stipe Miocic that Stipe Miocic deserves. Um, so to me, I think that Stipe Miocic has to get that title shot in the future. I think DC versus Lesnar is such a joke considering all this talk about PEDs and John Jones and all that stuff. Whereas, uh, I, I forget who said it, but you know, if uh, Picogram is a pinch in an Olympic-sized pool for uh, John Jones, then... Whatever, it's going to be a thousand, ten thousand, a million times the size of that for Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar obviously has a history of juicing, so it's kind of silly to assume. And also, it's a bad matchup for DC. He's such a great wrestler, and he's such a heavy hitter, and he's such an enormous man that I think what's going to happen is that this Lesnar fight is going to happen, right? And DC is actually going to get, he's going, because of his pride and his insistence on picking this fight uh, as a money fight, he's going to get his ass beat by Brock Lesnar, who's then going to have to vacate the belt for either having tested positive for steroids or just leaving the UFC entirely to go back to the WWE. I know he just signed a contract with them as well to fight in the coming months, Brock Lesnar did. So, also on Twitter, uh, Max Holloway gave respect to Jose Aldo after his amazing fight I'm trying to pull it up. So, after Jose Aldo's big fight uh, win against Hanada Moicano, he got that standing TKO. Holloway tweeted out, Not just the king of Rio, king of Brazil, king of defending champs. Congrats, Zé Aldo. Nothing but love for you, my brother. So, Max Holloway is, I think, him and Robert Whitaker are the most respectful guys in their promotion. And, uh, you know, it shows right there. He's just nothing but pure class. Um, so quick shout out right now we're gonna get so we're gonna have our we're gonna so we're gonna have our guest on just a bit we're gonna have John Lutz a good friend of mine who actually has his own podcast uh, it's called Rambling Sports it's on SoundCloud it's on other media platforms so I let him give a plug for that um, so if you're into football basketball baseball um, martial arts anything any you know anything involving sports you know you can check his podcast out it's pretty awesome. It's on SoundCloud. I will put the link in the description. But um, before we get to John, I want to give a quick shout-out to my other friend, uh, Alec Palmer, who I mentioned last podcast. Alec Palmer is at Doc Media Design. He is into graphic design, social media, and he will give you professional-level videography and photography and website creation and more for your business, your event, your club, your team, your your, um, organization, anything. So if you need a website to be built, if you need um, a, a professional video made, you can contact Al. He will he will set you all up. He will um, he will do an awesome job for you. And if you are interested in checking out his work, you can check it out at doc.mediadesign on Instagram. And uh, you can also check him out uh, at www.alec-palmer, uh, P-A-L-M-E-R, dot myportfolio.com slash work. So I got John Lutz with me from Rambling Sports Podcast. What's up, John? Uh, Scuba Steve, it is a pleasure to officially be on 
one of the first couple episodes of the Lucky Punch MMA podcast or show, whatever it's called exactly. <laughs> I truly appreciate it. Um, I'm actually shocked that you started this up, but at the same time, if I want to talk to, we'll talk to someone about mixed martial arts, it is definitely you, Steve. Uh, so I appreciate it's that. It's a pleasure to be on. Yeah. Thank, you, thank you so much. Dude, the pleasure is all mine, and uh, why don't you give yourself a quick plug for those listening for your podcast? Oh, how sweet. So, uh, for, anyone who wants, for anyone who wants to listen to me, uh, a friend of mine, a friend, a mutual friend of me and Steve's called South Philly Bill, and we always, it's a show called Rambling Sports, we do it on SoundCloud, try to get it on iTunes, but... I guess iTunes doesn't want just iTunes doesn't want a great podcast on their thing. You know, <laughs> that's understandable. I, I We've had that. problems uploading our stuff too, so I I feel that they call yeah. it test footage, which is total, <laughs> which is total. Uh, can we curse here? Yeah, say whatever fuck you want. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is total total bullshit. Yeah. But, um, but you know what? What are you, what are you gonna do? And for us, for rambling sports, we of course we talk about all all certain sports, but it's mostly based on how I'm a miserable Giants fan and Bill's a shitty shitty Eagles fan and we just kind of go on from there. So if right, anyone right. wants to listen, look us up on on SoundCloud at Rambling Sports. The logo is a blue set of headphones with the last name of Lutz and South Philly Bill on it. Tune in, subscribe. Uh, we will, we try to do an episode every week, if not every two weeks. Uh, there will probably be one out on this Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, which is... February 10th, if not possibly February 11th in the morning for your Monday morning commute. Awesome. Yeah, so go check him out. Um, so it is fight day, John, and we got we got two really good fights and then a bunch of fights that really nobody cares about. Um, so we got Robert Whitaker against Kelvin Gastelum and Anderson Silva against Israel Adesanya. So um, what are your thoughts about these two fights? Who are you, would you, do you have any predictions on this stuff? Of course, but I think... In my view, let's start with the co-main because if you think about it, you basically have two two clones basically fighting each other. Uh, of course, Anderson Silva, legend legend of the sport, greatest middleweight of all time by by any standard. Right. Like if, you, if you don't consider don't consider him the greatest middleweight, or if not one of the greatest fighters of all time, I don't care about the steroid stuff or whatever. He's still at the time one of the greatest fighters to ever live. You don't think that, then you shouldn't be. <clears throat> shouldn't be watching mixed martial arts. I completely agree. Yeah. About it. <laughs> um, and of course, Israel Adesanya coming off that beautiful knockout of Derek Brunson in two, UFC 230 at the Garden, which of course I wish I was there, but tickets were too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Typical of a UFC event, but right. you have two yeah. really good kickboxers. One coming, one coming off a great knockout, and Anderson Silva, of course. His last fight being actually his last fight I saw was UFC 208 at Brooklyn when he was fighting when he also fought Derek Brunson. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, because there was the one in uh, what was it? There was the last the last two Brazil cards he's trying to fight on. It was the Brazil card and then the card in Shanghai where. Well, no, the Brazil car was supposed to fight Gastelum, but he got pulled for he got pulled because he got because Gastelum got caught for pot test. Yeah, and I remember then, that. Yeah. Then the Shanghai card was where he got where he got popped for the steroids, which right. wasn't which wasn't. Um, but that doesn't that didn't uh, count. <laughs> so yeah, because yeah. I guess like there was a there was a there was a mix up in the testing or whatever that crap is. But 
if you think about it, you got two phenomenal strikers. There will be no ground game, which I just love, unless unless Anderson Silva's a dick and, <laughs> and just try, tries to take him down, <laughs> tries to take him down, yeah. and gives him the old shell sun triangle choke to end, end the fight. But I'm going Adesanya. I think a lot of people have said that this is going to be a first-round knockout. I don't think that's the case. Um, I feel like even though they will be they will be flying, I think it will be much more competitive than that. Right. I will say Israel, late second-round knockout via, I want to say front kick to the face, because that would be so apropos. Oh, man. That's not going to happen. What? I'm going to go with Everybody <laughs> would collectively shit their pants if that happens. So, but that, dude, it's it's crazy because like stylistically they're so similar, and you know I feel like that uh, kind of makes it as a tough matchup for the both of them because they're so similar and uh, they move they kind of move the same too in their head movement and stuff, you know. But um, it's gonna be such a great great fight. I think I think it'll be like a to your point like a, a third or a third round knockout or uh, you know the second round knockout. It's not gonna be finished in the first round. But um, the tail if you, I'm looking at the tail of the tape right now, and it's pretty incredible because you have Anderson Silva at 43 years old, Adesanya's 29 years old. Adesanya has a two-inch height reach, uh, height advantage, and a a three and a half inch reach, regular reach, like an arm reach advantage. And he's 15 and 0. I forgot about that. Adesanya's undefeated in mixed martial arts, so um, it's going to be pretty um, decisive, I think, for the middleweight division. Because and this is what I wanted to ask you about. You know, the state of the middleweight division. So we have Whitaker and Gastelum obviously duking it out for the strap. But where does this leave the rest of the division? Like the top five guys, Chris Weidman, Rock Holt, Souza, uh, Romero. Um, where does that leave these guys after these two fights? Like who, you know, who should, who do you think, uh, what do you think is going to happen with the middleweight division? Well, I think this will partially play off of my prediction for, for the main event card. But yeah. Let's say, for argument's sake, Adesanya wins. You go for you because personally, there there absolutely should be no way that Anderson Silva comes back. If he if Anderson Silva beats Adesanya in a three round decision, that's boring as all hell. Because by the way, they're both counter strikers for right. the most part. Yep, and that's going to be that could lead to a very boring fight. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. So yeah. if you think about it. Let's say Anderson Silva wins. That completely screws up everything because there's no because it it shouldn't be a number one contenders match for him. He should have one more fight afterwards. If I'm right now, if you think about it, there's only real there's only, there's only one real person that can hold a candle to what would be considered the number one contender, and that is Jacare. Right. Rockhold hasn't Rockhold got knocked out. Um, you know, Romero, of course, has lost to Whitaker, and he hasn't even made weight for a title fight. So he should, personally, I think he should go up to two hundred five. But they already, I agree. I yeah, gonna, they already have him slated to fight uh, Paul Costa. Which talk about talk about uh, literally a fight where you just stare at two grown men and realize, wow, how are they in that great of shape? I know. Yeah, but, and, um, and it's like the answer is either crazy genetics or steroids. But uh, but it's funny because Jacare, you know. He, I feel like people don't talk about him getting a title shot as much. And he, if you look at his resume, he has built the most convincing body of work to deserve a title shot in his previous fights with wins over Rock Holt and Weidman. Um, oh, yeah, he, you know, 
Well, no, he didn't fight. He didn't fight Rockhold recently. I'm pre- uh, Joshua. Yeah, no, he no. Well, the problem is it doesn't help that because he, of course, he lost to Whitaker infamously. I won't say infamously, but one of the last UFC on Fox cards. Right. Actually, no, it was the last UFC on Fox card that Demetrius Johnson fought on. He, of course, Whitaker beat the hell out of him, and he, he already had Jacare coming off. If you don't include that split decision loss for Romero, because Romero popped afterwards, he was already on a one, two, three, six, eight, like ten game win, ten fight win streak, and then of yeah. course Whitaker lost to him. Then of course he beat Br- he beat Brunson. He lost in a split decision to Gastelum at UFC two twenty four. Yeah, that's right. Still. Okay, and then then he. Then he went to war with Wyman at two thirty. Where right, that was a great fight. But also, he lost those first two rounds, and then he was able to knock Wyman out. That's pretty crazy. But um, Um, he he destroyed him. But yeah, uh, but kind of going off of that. Remember, he was the one holding off at the title fight. Yeah. If it was, and and my opinion was after that fight. Okay, you you already announced Kelvin and Kelvin in. Whitaker for 234 by that point. They already announced that yeah, card. Yeah. And if it was up to me, you really should have had a number one contender fight between um, Jacare and Adesanya. I think that's right. The right. That was the right thing to do. And I kind of enjoy that when the UFC does that, where it's multiple middleweight fights, that, whether it's multiple fights in one division in between the top 10, and have the title fight either the title fight on that same card or move it to somewhere else. So it kind of like helps stabilize the division because, as you know, the divisions have all been just a giant mess lately, whether it's from people getting hurt or the champ champ crap and all that yeah, other fun yeah. stuff. But um, kind of going back to that, kind of going back to that, um, if Adesanya wins handedly, he's going to get the shot. That's going. Dana White does not care. Now, do you think he deserves uh, that, Israel Adesanya? Because no, I don't. I, I, I don't think so either. But I, because personally, I love Robert Whitaker, but technically, this is his first title defense. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Because that, that five-round war with freaking Romero for the second time was not because Romero missed weight. Yeah, that was that was pretty incredible though that fight. Um, some, some even thought that Romero won. I don't think he did yeah. from going back to it. But I honestly think yeah. that he. I, I honestly I, I rewatched that fight last week, and uh, you know, I think Romero won honestly. If in my opinion, you know, I think, but I, I can understand like it's just a, it was such a toss up. But um, by the way, just to clarify, I did realize that uh. Rockhold got knocked out by Yo Romero, not Souza. I get them confused because they're bald and absolutely uh, yoked. So, so. Um, but anyway, one, one's, a, one's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu mastermind. The other one is a Cuban wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tomato, little... tomato. Um, yeah, but uh, I think if Arasaka wins, and let's say if he wins by decision, yeah, I do not. If he if he wins by decision, I think he I think Dana Dana will still probably give him the title shot. But the right thing to do is Jacare and Jacare and uh, Adesanya for the real number one contendership. Then you have that yeah. have that fight pending on who wins depending on who wins in this title fight. Which I think personally it's going to be Whitaker. I think Whitaker. I think Kelvin's very good. 
it's a very different fight from Whitaker. It's a very different fight from Yoel Romero. But, and I think Whitaker's actually healthy for the first time what feels like a year and a half. Oh, for sure. I mean, he had the hand after the, at the uh, well, he had the, the knee after um, Yoel Romero won, and then he had, after Romero too, he... Uh, he breaks, basically broke his hand, I think, and uh, so this is, it'll be good to see him with a full camp and fully healthy. I think he's going to do great. I think he's going to win that fight as well. It'll definitely be a decision or a uh, middle-round knockout or TKO or submission. It, it's not going to be a, a stunning first-round knockout from either of these guys. They're just, I think they're both, um, you know, that's just not how they fight, you know. No, I, well, I don't think, well, I think if you look at it, I think, if you look at it, like a particular fight that I always look back to for uh, Kelvin in middleweight is when he fought Tim Kennedy in 206. Now, Kennedy was also like, he was an idiot and was like laying around at like freaking 215 going into that 215 after cutting down to 185. Right. And he had no energy left. That was also his first fight back in like two years from, you know, being cap- literally, literally being Captain America. For those who don't know who Tim Kennedy is, please look him up. He's like, He's in, he's, I think he was in the army. He's either army guy or marine or something like that. He was in the uh, he was in army special forces. Yeah, so yeah, he's he was on deployment. Here. Yeah, that's what you're referencing. He's actually he's the real life version of Captain America. Yeah, just to put it lightly, and he's also stacked to the gills, and he didn't pop for steroids. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah. For, that's which was shocking to me when I first saw when I first. When I first looked into that fight at 206, because I was, of course, you saw it, I was still there. I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh yeah. god, you sir are huge. You're not 185 anymore. That's a lie. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I think if you look at it, if you look at it, there will be no ground game whatsoever. I think if Penny, if Penny, that's the thing though. If, like Rockold, that Rockold, Whitaker just seems to get injured during these fights and then still win. Like he's like he 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 popped his ACL popped in his knee in the middle of that that first Romero fight. Right. Like his knee, yeah. Hyperson, he could not move it, and Yo Romero was an idiot for not taking him down. And again, his hand, his right hand was broken. He did not throw it at all. He threw his left jab and kicked him, and he still didn't. And Romero still didn't take advantage of that. Now whether it's whether that's just Romero not, not listening to his coaches or the coach is not thinking that's the right thing to do. Well, I but, think it was Romero cutting weight is so brutal for him because he's such an enormous guy, you know, and he's missed weight so many times. I think that he just gases out so quickly. And, you know, I think, especially after getting hit in the head a few times, he probably wasn't thinking clearly and probably was trying to take a more pedestrian approach to the fight, you know, try to win by some crazy shocking, uh, you know, overhand rather than put, you know, use all this energy to wrestle the guy, which he didn't have to begin with. So, you know, um, yeah, that's another, that's another, and well, I think I will happily, I, I, I enjoy being on here already personally, if it's up to me, I will come back on another time and talk about how, why wrestlers, why got fighters work predominantly wrestlers just decide to use their hands all the time instead of actually taking somebody oh, down. yeah. Which is beyond me, but that's a topic for another day. Well, you know, Aaron Pico uh, is a huge huge example of that. He got knocked out by Henry Corrales, and he's a fantastic wrestler. And these guys, they get, you know, they, they train boxing for a year, and all of a sudden their coaches tell them that they, they're, you know, they could be pro boxers if they wanted to be. So they have this kind of um, crazy, uh, like, false confidence about their striking game, 
and uh, you know it's it's um, it, it it just is very costly for a lot of fighters. Um, so I I'm I'm interested to see to that point like a, a matchup like Ben Askren, uh, you know, to see how he does against UFC level strikers like Robbie Lawler. What do you think of that fight? Oh, I I love it. I am such an underrated fan of ruthless Robbie Lawler. My favorite fight. It is still my favorite fight to watch. I will look it up. I will not pay for Fight Pass for it. I will always look it up and try and find it. it is McDonald Lawler too? Him, he is the he was the definition of a savage. Look at that man after that fight with his with three inches of of, of a cut up his lip where you can literally like rip up through his face. Yeah, and he didn't care. Like it's something yeah. that was truly. Phenomenal, and Terrifying. I understand he got—he took some time off after the AC, after his ACL injury, and also getting honestly getting pieced up by RDA, which wasn't which wasn't fun to watch. I think I I really wanted Lawler to win, but RDA one seventy is pretty impressive to say something beast. Yeah, I yeah. Think. I mean, yeah. I, although I, I think he's eventually going to come back down to one fifty five RDA. Just because he's he's finding limited success, kind of like I think his stint there is similar to Cerrone's. It's kind of like, oh, there's a lot of good guys in this division. Let me take a break for a little bit and then come back. You know. I well, I think it would be interesting to see. I and I love Cerrone. He literally looked like he was on death's door, going at one fifty six. He looked rough, and I don't know how that's going to react. I think. It shows that Alex Hernandez in that fight too with Brooklyn, he still Hernandez still has a long way to go because he looked great. He looked stacked at one fifty five, but it's Cowboy, and Cowboy is—I won't say a motivated Cowboy because I feel like he's always motivated, but something just doesn't. Something feels different. Yeah, he's got. A, he's. Some, I, think, I think his son lit a fire under his ass having his son and. I think he also is at a point in his career where it's like it's kind of like him. It reminds me of Bisping actually, where it's like you know you get it, you think about it, like you know I have a few fights left in my career, or I have a you know a few years left in my career. It's now or never if I want to get that belt and become seriously immortalized. Not that he already isn't, but um, you know obviously you want that belt if you're him uh, to to cement your legacy, right? So um, I think that this cowboy matchup with Connor. Is really fascinating because it's a it's a fight that Connor can win. It's a fight that Cowboy could win, but is not likely to. And I think that uh, there's talks of it, of them making it an interim belt sh- uh, uh, match f- um, for the no. division. Uh, I no, definitely don't. I know it would be so dumb. I think that the interim belt should be like Tony Ferguson versus Dustin Poirier, and then they have they can have the Connor Cowboy fight on like a separate card. And then uh, eventually, the they could you know they could that could be like a, a challenger elimination fight in my opinion. But Connor definitely needs another fight. It's it's I think it does the UFC a great disservice. I, they, the UFC does a disservice to themselves when they give these guys even like Anderson Silva, who's supposedly supposed to get a title shot if he beats Israel. You know they, they it, it waters it the, the the it waters down the the meaning the meaningful. It waters down the meaning of a of an actual title shot if you're just gonna hand them out willy nilly to your biggest stars, in my opinion. Well, yeah, but they've been doing that for years. Yeah, I know. Whether it's whether it's Brock Le- whether it's Brock Lesnar or Connor 
somebody like Ngannou. He could, you tell me, oh, I understand that that knockout over freaking Overeem was substantial. And they really needed a fight for that. They needed a headliner for that 220 card in uh, Boston. And right. that's why you put him against Stipe. And you think, okay, easy. This kid's going to try and knock Stipe out, and he'll win. Well, you know, he can't do anything on the ground. Nothing. He looks like a scared turtle for a guy yeah. who is yep. 255 in stat. Now, mind you, he's done a lot. He's, he knocked out Curtis Blades big, and I will happily talk about him going against Kane Velasquez. If Kane, if Kane's back to the good old days, Ngannou's going to get his ass kicked. That's just a fact. Yeah. Because I'm, I'd put on the cardio machine, and I would, I would take him down and ground and pound for three straight rounds until he caps the strikes. Oh, for for sure. And and Daniel Cormier himself said, uh, if Cain Velasquez returns to the UFC, this was like a, a year ago. He was like, if Cain Velasquez comes back, all the heavyweights better go running because he is. I mean, I think he's young. He's younger than DC. I think he's only thirty six or thirty seven. DC's you know obviously approaching forty. Um, but Cain Velasquez is still a force to be reckoned with, and you know I would not be surprised to see him fight Stipe uh, for the title when uh, I think Stipe is going to eventually get it back somehow. But I I think in the next couple of years we'll see Cain Velasquez as a champion again. I he's uh, Velasquez is thirty six. He's thirty six. But the problem with it, yeah, and I know we're kind of bouncing up all over the board here, but uh, again, well, we gotta get realistic. Get back to the middleweight division. And especially, but kind of going back to the, let's go back to what 234 is. I think obviously 235 is a big one too. Yeah, you know, a lot of great fights. it up back and forth. But if you think about it, look, if you think about it, you just have 234 is a weak card. 235 is phenomenal. That's only, I want to say, a couple weeks away. Like, I kind of want to, I'm going to take a quick look up at this because. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, hang on a it's in March. It's uh, March yeah, second, so it's three weeks. That's three weeks away. It's pretty. It's, it feels yeah, like three. it's forever, but uh, and and I think if you look at that card compared to the other one is incredible. Oh my now, god! I don't know why the well, like, I don't know. It still has Holly Holm Aspen Lad on here. That that fight's not happening. Yeah, it's a shame. But look at look at this card. Jones versus Smith. Eh, okay. Woodley versus Tyron Woodley versus Kamara Lusman. Yes. Lawler versus Askren. Yes. Um, Steve, Jeremy Stevens versus uh, Zabit. Magomed Shapirov. Yes. Such a great fight. Garbrandt versus Pedro Munoz. Yes. Please. Freaking. That that I'll, card I'll is. Just, Pedro, any of those fights could. Yeah. Any yeah. of those fights could be a main event themselves. I would, I would say a main event of a, of a fight of... Of a fight of night, of a fight, fight night. Yeah. I mean, obviously, because uh, even... It's funny, because even uh, Tyron Woodley, even with his um, being the champion and all, like, and not... He, there was only, uh, I think, for his last defense against Till, there were less than 200,000 pay-per-view buys. So, you know, these guys are... These guys are not the biggest draw, but the fact that it has so much depth... Um, you know, I, I think that serious fans like ourselves, obviously, it's like a wet dream, this card. So, but, uh... <laughs> Interesting way to put that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's very, it's very, uh, it, it, it's just really, really stacked. I mean, it's just, there's not a fight on there that I'm not excited for. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch the prelims too for that. Um, so one last question, um, UFC. Obviously, we this is a Philadelphia area based podcast. The UFC is coming back to Philly. Do you think that um, this means that the UFC is going to have more uh, more fights in the Wells Fargo Center, more fights in Philadelphia? Um, I, ho- I hope so because personally, I don't. Personally, I would enjoy that. I would also enjoy Philly for the UFC to come back to the Rock. And if you're a hockey fan or an old fan of the new of the New Jersey. You know exactly where that is. The Prudential, the Prudential Center, Center yeah. Prudential yeah. Center in New York. I think the last fight that was there was I think Ryan Bader fought on that card in like like forever ago. Was the was that was that last card in uh, freaking? It was, it was the last card I want to say in 2013, but maybe even earlier than that. I don't even. This is the first time I think it's come to Philly. And well, it feels like seven and a half years. Seven and a half years has been. So it's been a long time coming. Unfortunately, Paul Felder, who's the uh, only true Philly guy left on the roster, um, he's fighting February seventeenth. I think it's a fight night. Um, but he said that he he'll, he'll probably commentate that bout. I think. Um, he should commentate. Yeah. Obviously, if he doesn't get the crap kicked out of him, but he should commentate that fight. He should be on that card. I know, I know. He said he he said he can't. It's just too because it's February. It's March thirtieth, and he's fighting February seventeenth. So I can understand it's a little. It's cutting it a little close. It's like uh, you know, a little bit more than a month. Um, yeah, I was about to say. I would, if it was uh, if I was Dan, I'd be like, yeah, we'll take that card off the thing. We'll just slide this down. Yeah, he's fighting James I, Vick um, on February seventeenth. That that'll be a good fight too for him. I really I want to see him do well. That's a that's a main event fight in a fight night. Absolutely, yeah. and James Vick just come just came off again, getting knocked out by Gagey. Which, by the way, I if Connor doesn't fight, if Connor doesn't fight Cowboy, actually, if Cowboy doesn't fight Connor, uh, UFC gods and MMA gods, I don't ask for much. But can you give me Justin Gagey versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone in a cage? I mean, they're no. they're just. They're the most exciting fighters on the roster. And if you look at the fight night bonus and the performance of the night bonus awards that were given to them, um, you know they're just they're just fantastic. Gaethje actually is fighting um, Edson Barboza on the Philly card on March thirtieth as the main event. Oh yeah, that's right. Right. I forgot about that. That's the headliner. That right. Be the headliner. Yeah, and then that, Michelle Waterson is going to fight Carolina Kovalkovich uh, um, as the co-main. Who, uh, Michelle Larson. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good fight too. It's gonna be Michelle Larson and Paige Van Zandt are like, in my opinion, the two female fighters who have like been so close to finally like be getting in that upper echelon of of like the elite female fighters in the UFC, and they just they kind of fall short when they when they face real tough competition. So uh, it'll be interesting to I, see. Actually, I would kind of I would add on to that. I would say that's more Waterson than actually. I would say I feel like Paige Benzin hasn't had the biggest competition. Obviously, like Rose Bader and all that other stuff. But yeah, she's lost to Rose and Waterson, so I think that uh, she, no, she Michelle, Wa- Michelle Waterson is more of an MMA fighter. It is more of a polished MMA fighter than uh, yeah, for sure. Than Benzin. The, the problem with Waterson is that she's too small at one twenty at at one fifteen. She's used to fighting at Adam weight when it was when she was in Invicta. 
she was the atom weight champ. She was at 105. Yeah, it's incredible. Kicking people, kicking people in the head. But, um... Well, now Van Zandt's up in uh, if 125. It, if it, to be honest, if it was really up to me, you really you need to start influxing some of that quote-unquote South Jersey, little Tom's River area talent floating around. Now, paging Frankie Edgar, I don't know where you are. I don't know what I don't know what you're doing, but you know, March 30th could use a nice little co-headliner. You know, just like just like what you did in uh, in AC. When you did yeah. that AC card, which I really wish I was there too, that would have been for that. That would been that was a great that was a great fight card, and I really enjoyed that. You know, even I can understand why they put Marlon Marais in Brazil. That that was smart, but right and Damian yeah. Maya and Hanana Moicano and Jose Aldo. You know, that was the Brazil card right there. But um, well, I think they're gonna have another Brazil card down the road. Oh, for sure. Which, yeah. Oh, by the way, shout out to ESPN for just not. Blasting advertisements and actually just letting the fights go through. Yeah, like, yeah. Thomas mentioned it the other day, and I'm like, you know what? You're right. Because I watched through that whole, I watched through Brooklyn. I ended up rewatching parts of the Brazil card, parts of the Brazil card, not all of it, mostly just the Comanian main. But yeah, okay, here we go. Perfect example. Frankie Edgar has influenced April 21 of 2018. His last fight was that Atlantic City card. Give me Frankie Edgar versus Featherweight. I don't know who yeah. or what, because he won't fight to beat. That's his teammate. Understandable. He won't fight Marlon Marais, because that's also his team. That's also a team. That's also a teammate. So if you think yeah. about it, if I was a betting man, and let's say for the sake of argument, you go to the ranking system, Featherweight. Why can't Alexander Volkanovsky go after Frankie Edgar for a possible title title eliminator? Yeah. Because that would be brilliant because Max Holloway is known as featherweight and if Holloway moves up, you can make that you can make Edgar Volkanovsky a title fight. Or you can put Volkanovsky again with Jose Aldo. Yeah, and there's a lot of cool matchups at Featherweight and I think that um you know I, I I insist, I insist that Max Holloway has not cleaned out the featherweight division. I think that a fight against Frankie Edgar again. I think he fought Frankie Edgar before, right? Uh, Holloway Edgar. Yeah, no, he no, he never did. Okay, so I know that's. I know people have talked about that before. I think Frankie Edgar and Alexander Volkanovski are two great matchups for, um, for uh, Holloway, and I think that I I would if he beat them, then I would be convinced that he has no work left at one forty five. But obviously, to your point, he's going to move up anyway because he just can't make the weight. So I, I think, but to, mean, I, he can he can make the weight. That's not an issue. It's just hard. Yeah. Well, no, he you just got to plan it out right. He can make the weight. He was he was just way too big going into one fit. Was way too big going into that that um, two twenty three when he tried to make one fifty five. And I get that, and that was a doctor's decision. Then the fight for. Fight for Frankie Edgar. He probably just was. He was just coming off of a, ter- a hard weight cut from two twenty three. Right. It was just poor time. It was just poor, poor timing on the UFC's part. Right. And who knows? Maybe he was sparring too hard, and that's it. But you know what? I think he's fine because he showed that he was fine. He, that was the best performance he put on in his entire career. He pieced up Ortega. And I oh yeah. Ortega. 
he he pieced him up. Like he beat him up bad. Like that was Oh, for sure. And he he rearranged his face. And I I wasn't saying that he can't make the weight or that he uh but it's just that he he shows time and time again that the weight drains him and he still puts on such a crazy performance uh having been drained completely. So it it makes all us MMA fans that much more excited at the prospect of him fighting at 155 with uh, an easier weight cut and 10 more pounds of power. I mean, it's uh, it's cool to think about. Dude, thank you. Uh, I'm going to have to cut us short, but thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Great discussion. Um, happy to have you on again sometime in the future. And uh, if you ever want me to hop on uh, Rambling Sports and talk some MMA, I am down, brother. Uh, of course, man. Honestly, if it was up to me, let's... Let's gather around a little bit before that that old uh, March tenth card, that old two twenty five. Because I think oh, we'll definitely have you on ahead of that. Definitely, we'll definitely talk about that soon. Well, I'm, well, I'm saying like that, like that Friday before, because we can get a little predictions down, kind of break it down, so to speak. So I think as much as I like talking about all MMA fights in general, I think two thirty five is already the biggest pay per view card of this year. Yeah, going to be even though. I hope Whitaker Gaston does. What do you actually here? That's one last prediction I'm going to ask. Over under two hundred fifty thousand buys for that card. Yeah. Oh, easily over. Easily. I don't know about that because I'm pretty sure Whitaker. I'm pretty sure Whitaker Romero was wasn't that under two hundred fifty thousand. Um. Well, um, the I'm doing a the reason why I the reason why I um are you saying two thirty four or two thirty five? No, two twenty. I was thinking Whitaker's last fight. No, no, no but I'm saying my bad. So, so are you saying two thirty four will get less than? Is that the over under? Is that what the card you're talking about? Or two thirty five? Yeah, yeah, I'm talking so, about two thirty four. So two thirty five obviously will get way more than two hundred fifty thousand, but two thirty four I believe will get less than two hundred thousand. You think less than two hundred? Yeah, definitely. It's just it's too weak of a card, and Whitaker's not a draw. He's such a nice guy. He's not. He. I think Dana White himself said that he doesn't. Um, if he, you know, he doesn't fulfill his media obligations, and he's just, which is a lie. But um, you know, he's uh, he's just not a draw for that. But I, so I think it'll be it'll be less than two hundred thousand, dude. I have to cut it short. Thank you again for for hopping on, and I will see you in a couple weeks. Of course, uh, Scuba, always a, ple- uh, always a pleasure, and I will talk to you soon, pal. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to the third episode of the Lucky Punch MMA Podcast. I appreciate the patronage. Feel free to subscribe and like and follow our Instagram and Twitter at Lucky Punch underscore MMA. Hit us up on SoundCloud. I got YouTube in the works. I got uh, Spotify and iTunes in the works. I'll keep you guys updated. Um, thanks for listening, and I will see you guys next week. Thank you.